the context of sound. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. <laughs> I don't know why I just said it like that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why, though. Well, hey, welcome hey. to Context of Sound. Welcome to Context of Sound. Um, um, it's been a minute it's again. It's been a minute again. You know, 2017 <laughs> is not stopping for no man. Not really. It's not really been. It's. I mean, she's been kind of a cruel bitch uh, thus far. <laughs> and uh, Do you, I just remember when it was February and it was like, oh, this is kind of cruisy. Okay. I mean, it was the worst of times, too, because, you know, yeah. the president. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're every America's just like in like their final trimester and like you've passed your due date and you're just like if this motherfucker doesn't just like get out of here now, I'm going to possibly explode. I just feel like yeah we're just like we're still just waiting to like drop off <laughs> for something to drop. Yeah. I don't know. But hey, we're here and uh, we've just been waiting for like 400 years for America do to do what it says on the packaging. Yeah, it would be nice just because like. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I keep trying and it just isn't working for some odd reason. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, like what's, what's gone down since we've, since we've last had a, um, an episode. Um, well, I finally watched OJ Made in America. Yes, you did. And I just started rewatching it as a result of you watching it. <laughs> yeah, I was it. like texting you every, um. 15 minutes, pretty much. I mean, like I just got like, cause the funny thing was he was texting me about the, you started texting me about the um, doc, and I had just finished watching the LA 92 documentary. Yeah, which I also watched. Um, and uh, yeah, we just decided to relive some 90s trauma together all over again. Mm-hmm. And it was. Um, oh, and Burn, have you watched Burn, Motherfucker Burn? No, it's I'm the not. Showtime documentary about the LAPD. A lot of it kind of, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. And a lot of the same people and mm-hmm. similar stories are in all of these documentaries because they're all related, really. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, the 90s. 25 years, man. I moved to Los Angeles in 1994. Yeah. No, 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, like the year after the riots. And it, it's bananas because, you know, like... Um, we all kind of experienced this, like, I mean, obviously, like, we were we were kids, but, you know, this was something that I was very much aware was going on. Yeah. Uh, from the riots, you know, obviously from Rodney King to the riots, to OJ to all those things, but, like, to kind of revisit them as an adult, to, with, like, adult context, and, like, also, you know, with the context of, like, 25 years having gone by and understanding, that like, all the... Change. Well, that ancient change, <laughs> but also, like, recognizing, like, all the things that went into creating what 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 the beast was you know like yeah. when you really look at like why um you know like why johnny cochran was successful in defending oj mm. uh you when you like take a step back and you're like holy shit like yeah this is abs- it absolutely makes sense like how this was able to ha- how this was how this happened you know like but also like seeing all the sort of moving pieces and, and what's going on that like no one really knew what was going on because I just started thinking you know like in such a heightened time of like social and civil unrest and uh, sort of uh, agreed like issues with the with the police in general um, like 25 years from now like what what's going to be revealed to us with regard to like what extra shady business was going down yeah yeah 
but that's just just some light, you know, like some light sort of viewing that we've been yeah, doing whoa. lately. Wait, so yeah, what <laughs> else? What else has happened? Well, we went to Coachella. We did go to Coachella. Um, which that was, was really fun. That was a lot of fun. We saw. Um, I got to see Michael McDonald finally. Which yes, with Thundercat. Thundercat, which that was, was so good. An unexpected surprise. Yes, Michael McDonald, the he velvety tones of Michael uh, McDonald. He sounded so good. Like that was like a great butter. show. And the yeah. but, like the funnier part was just like me like slowly kind of like losing my shit and trying to keep it together and then looking around and all these like little like 22 year olds are just like who's this old white guy (laughs) but there were some grown folks in the crowd that were like like, you know really really getting into it yeah Yeah. no for Um, sure that was that was fun what else was good i actually really loved lady gaga yeah i mean she she put on a fucking show she gave you a lot of vocals she gave you vocals like that was through and through a phenomenal Hashtag show. Hashtag team talent. Absolutely. Like, I, it's funny. I was saying. You can, I you ne- can I talk never, all the shit, but. You, you can't, like, you, you can't can, knock the you talent. You can't knock the talent. Yeah. You might not, like, like her, but, or whatever, but she can fucking sing. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day. Like, and that's what she did. She played the guitar. <laughs> she played the piano. She was She funny. played your heartstrings. She did. She did a great job. She, um, and you know what else I loved is that she was juicy and thick. Like, yeah. she, she looks like an Italian lady. Yeah, she's like <laughs> Which she's she a grown ass woman now. Yeah, yeah. no, she was absolutely. like curvaceous and mm-hmm. like you know thick legs and body and yeah, she was like in love. She it. looked really. Oh, yeah. She was great. Hans Zimmer grown was great. And sexy. Hans Zimmer was so great. Yeah, I wish I remember could remember Kendrick, but I was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of in this like I needed to go home. I'd been breathing in a lot of dust for three days. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I was, I was done. I was yeah. like sick for the week following. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, <laughs> then I made my return back for stagecoach. Oh yeah. You went to see Shania. <laughs> I did. <clears throat> Cause I'm, I'm a, like a, I'm not a closet Shania fan. Like I'm a humongous Shania Twain fan. Like everyone knows that. Like I love that Shania, woman. Shania She's can shit. sing. I've I've been a weird, like weirdly been a huge fan since I was a little kid. I went to her 2002 up tour. I you was did? like, oh hell yeah, I did. Zion's a really big um, Shania fan. Shania, my boyfriend Zion, yeah, he's a really big Shania fan. So and when weird. we didn't go to the show, um, I didn't he, know that I should have like he should just well he probably would. No, we we didn't go because oh, yeah, his cousin, his was, his in cousin town. was in town. That but, was it. So yeah. we he we we drove her to the airport and he like played me all the Shania and sang every lyric. Absolutely, she's just she's I don't know what it is like. I she just. She kills me every time. She looked amazing. She was amazing. Um, she sounded great. She she like started off a little like little rocky, but like she got it together. Um, she's really weird. Like that's the that was like kind of what I enjoyed the most about it because she just kind of was like she talked a lot in between each song and she's always just like so you know. You hey you guys, it's me, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that happened. Yes. Janet, Janet Janet came back. Janet Sorry, came I didn't mean to like no, side no, side really. No. That video hey was Hey guys, it's me, Jan. Hey guys, it's me, Jan. <laughs> like Jan, me and Imani were joking about it. Like Jan is the Demita Joe is dead. Demita Joe and is Jan dead. is here and she is the billionaire's <laughs> version. Like, mommy of Janet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mommy Jan. Oh, and then her I got I got us some, uh, we got tickets for the Hollywood Bowl Which show. Which I'm excited for, because I didn't make it to the last, I was out of town the yeah. last time she was in town, and then she said she was going to come back to town, and then decided and to we didn't get, believe and her. we didn't believe her. But Someone commented on my on my Instagram, <laughs> um, the Any Hip Injury Tour. 
<laughs> because you know she cancels the show, but but she she hopefully will will do it. I mean, we love the good Janet thing is show. is that like the LA show is like early on in the tour. Yeah, so exactly. I mean, like if like barring you know, any, she just, usually like, does the beginning of a tour. She, she almost always gets like the first five done, and then everything else after that is tentative. <laughs> There's always like two asterisks next to every other date. Yeah. Um. No, but it, it was great. Um. But I was gonna say like. My what happened because we were just talking about like because right now the wind in LA has been out of control, uh, and allergy season is like all up and in my shit like lately. And Mm -hmm. I was on my way down to we both sound a little bit congested, huskier. Um, but we I was on my way down there and then I like just started breaking out in hives, like in the car, which was like crazy. So I'm just I'm. Get, uh, get off the highway, go to Walgreens, and just talking to the the, the pharmacist and Astor's like, hey, so I'm just broken out in hives. I don't know what's going on. Uh, what should I take? She tells me to get Benadryl. I'm like, do we have anything that's not drowsy? And she's like, no. Um, <laughs> so I just took it. Uh, having only had eaten the Kine bar, which was likely the thing that got me the hive, that gave me the hives in the first place, that's still Are you TV. allergic to nuts? I don't believe so. Because, I mean, I eat Kine bars pretty irregularly, but it just... Maybe it was like that. Um, I also had just bought a car, and maybe I was just having like some like weird reaction to like I just some spent a lot of money material, or something maybe. in the car. I don't know. It was it was weird. Take the take the Benadryl and uh, forgot that I had eaten literally a single thing the entire day, and that just like Whoops. took me into a completely different like atmosphere. I mean, like a different dimension, totally. I got there, we went over to go, like, watch Willie Nelson, and then I got, like, really lightheaded and almost passed out. I was like, I'm just going to sit down, and just, like, was, like, slouching over in PJ's golf cart. And I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. And my friend Lindsay, who came with me, was like, maybe we should go. And I was like, I the did The Benadryl will get you. Oh, it got me really good. But I was like, I did not drive two and a half hours to see Shania to, like, go home right now. Like, I'm going to fucking get through this shit. So, <clears throat> anyways, I just got over to... PJ's trailer and then like was like fading in and out of like consciousness in the sense of like falling asleep and waking back up and falling asleep um and I just I felt really bad because he had some friends in there and I'm pretty sure they were like who is this this napping guy this weird dude is he like what drugs is he on like (laughs) at the country music festival at the country music festival this weird black guy was um was it what was the vibe like at this country music festival it was like I mean, it was really. I mean, like, granted, I got there like after s- sunset, so it, it was pretty chill, to be honest. At least where I was at, um, it like is very much. It, it's way smaller than Coachella is. Mm. Um, I think like they were saying there's like seventy thousand people on average that go to um, stagecoach, and about one hundred twenty five thousand that go to Coachella in a mm. weekend. So it's still a lot of people. Still a though. lot of fucking people. Oh, was not, that me? That was you. Oops. Okay. Um, Anyways, so but. what are we? So today, so it's 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 been about a year since the. Um, I don't even like to say the death of Prince. The ascension. The ascension. Yes. Of our dearly beloved Prince Rogers Nelson, mm-hmm. who it's really weird because when I sometimes I'll look at pictures of him or videos of him or whatever, and I'll actually forget that he's dead. Yeah. I don't feel like he is really. Part of me because I never really just he he maybe it's like, just denial. I've always in my head had this weird like otherworldly vibe from him anyways like he just never really felt like a 
felt like a real person. Yeah. In the sense that, like, I would equate to any other human being. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess in my head, too, I just, I don't really, like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. I I <clears throat> I regularly, like, kind of I feel his presence it, here. All the time, yeah. He's not quite leftist yet. That's for certain. But yeah. Yeah, so it's been a year. So it's roughly. been just over a year, and we're going to um, revisit. We're, we're each going to pick an album of Prince mm-hmm. and sort of focus on the album and revisit it and the stories behind it and the content and da 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 da. And I guess we could probably do that annually for about 30 years because we have, he's got, he's got so, so, much so many material. records. Yeah, he's got so <laughs> many records. Yeah, I mean, the record that I'm picking, that, that I'm talking about is number 28. You know, it's like, his 28th record. Wow. And there were like several after the fact. So what year did that come out? Like 2007? 2004. 2004 that mm-hmm. came out? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <clears throat> I know. So it was 20 years after Purple Rain. Yeah. So many albums. He's got a lot. <laughs> He's got a lot. I mean, like, he was churning out records. He was churning like, out. Like, throughout the 80s and like, yeah. the 90s, like, without a doubt. And actually to the point where the label, and I'm going to talk about this too, they were saying, like, it's too much. The market is oversaturated. People can't um, consume your music this fast in the 80s. You yeah. know, like, yeah. stop making music. <laughs> it's crazy because if you think about, like, if you were to transport him into, like, 2017 and, like, his sort of, like, popularity at that point, like... Yeah. That's how you do it now, you know. Like if you think about but like not the Drake albums, the, not even full albums, but like. I mean, you always have like a single or a feature in the market, but he mm-hmm. was doing like full albums, yeah, annually. But sometimes Rihanna more. was doing a, a record a year for quite a few years. I mean, that I is kinda... true. But that's, I mean, I feel like she's such a singles artist that you that's never true. knew she was putting albums out so frequently, mm-hmm. and that she always had a single on the radio. But I never knew what album the single was on. Yeah, I'm like, is this on the this last, last one or, or the, the new one? one? And it know. doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's true. That is true. So um, you're, you're. I saw her at Coachella. I did see her at Coachella. You, as oh, well. you did? Yeah. yeah. She yes. looked so cute. She looked great. That little like bodysuit thing. Yeah. Yeah. Stomping through in a Uma Thurman bob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy. So I've picked around the world in a day. The 1985 weird psychedelic album that came immediately after Purple Rain. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I'll just get into it. Get into it. Um, Okay. I admittedly don't like have like intimate knowledge of this one. So I'm excited to like dig into it. This is a weird album. Yeah. Um, This is the opening track around the world in a day.
Okay, so that's like such already like you can tell it's such a departure from yeah. from um his like traditional sound. Yeah, <clears throat> and from Purple Rain, which yeah. um Purple Rain had come out in 1984. <clears throat> it was released June 25th and it um I mean it was like it's one of the biggest selling records um, of, all of all time. time yeah. It's Game changer. Um, game changer. I think Rolling Stone rated it the second number two most important album of the 80s behind number one being Thriller. Yeah. Um, it won two Grammy Awards. It won an Oscar. It sold 13 million units only in the United oh, States. Shit. And 1.5 in the first week. Oh, wow. And I think it went on to sell like 20, between 20 and 25 million units worldwide. That's and they're about to do a repackaging major, of it with yeah. like a whole extra disc and a bunch of extra songs. So probably wow. sell another, another shitload. I mean, I know I'm buying, I'm buying it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you have that. The movie wow. was a huge success. That was the record that really made Prince, Prince. a household name. Made Prince Prince. Prince. Uncle Prince. <laughs> Uncle Prince. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so he had been on tour with that. Um, and obviously because it was such a huge success, the record label was like, you know, wanted, wanting him to tour it extensively, like, yeah. you know, do a US tour, do a European tour, come back, mm-hmm. do another lap, do, yep. go to Asia, go to Australia. But after six months of touring that record, he was like so um, over it yeah. and he'd already started recording the next one mm-hmm. because he was so prolific. I mean, this man just like churned out, out songs. Yeah. Did he start like recording, um, around the world in a day like immediately after or was it kind of one of those like stopovers whilst recording another thing he had well i know that um <clears throat> uh raspberry beret which was one of the hits from the album was mm-hmm. written prior i think even to purple, purple rain, rain. I th- he actually started recording this album before purple rain had mm-hmm. been released and um i'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit but here's i found some footage of um the Revolution, which was the band that was on the record. So he did, um, Purple Rain was Prince and the Revolution and Around the World in the Day was also Prince and the Revolution. So it was the second record he'd done with this band. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the opening line of the interview. It was done before we even hit yeah. Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, before we even hit the first show of Purple Rain tour. Yeah. He was already bored with Purple Rain. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, he was like over it already. Yeah, he's like, I'm not um, really into this. So let me give you just a little um, background on the record. Um, it was the seventh studio album by Prince. was released on April 22nd, 1985. So even less than a year wow. after. He hadn't even gone to the Grammys <laughs> when he for, the, for Purple Rain. Oh, yet. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It was a huge departure. It was very psychedelic. Mm. Um, there was a lot of sort of new subject matter and it had like, there was a bit of a political um, edge. There was a bit of like a bitter kind of world weary uh, content in the lyrics. Um, and they didn't really promote the record. I think um, that was, it said in compliance with Prince's wishes, the record company released the album with minimal publicity, hmm. withholding accompanying singles until almost a month after the album's release. I wonder why he wanted, like, he didn't want to, like, uh, like promote it at all. Um, well, there was an article in, in Pitchfork where they they sort of revisited the the album, and I was reading that, and they were saying that he... 
you know, had sort of tasted the absolute very heights of pop stardom mm-hmm. and didn't really want to go back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually after sense. the Purple Rain tour, he said he wasn't going to tour anymore, which obviously turned out to be completely yeah. false because he never stopped, stopped touring. touring yeah. But in the sense that like, that's that's too much. That's that was a long tour, you know, like yeah, just around and around and around. I mean, and around six and months by today's standard isn't really that long of a tour. Yeah, because people tend to tend to be on tend to be on the road for like two years. Yeah, you do like an eighteen month tour of one album now. Yeah. You know, <gasps> that's crazy. Yeah, but um, it's the only way to make money. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So. I mean, what's uh more more tracks? Yeah. Yeah, so so he um the record had like very mixed reception yeah. and I'm going to read some excerpts from some of the um some of the reviews cuz they're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But um it did have two top 10 hits that are like some of his arguably some of his biggest and most like wildly uh, successful successful and known hits. So Raspberry Bray being one of them. could make a song about a raspberry beret sound that cool and make it a hit make it a, exactly because it's like <laughs> it's like it's not really much story a song there. about a yeah, fucking it's a, beret a song about a hat he was like it was just like <laughs> it's a song he about was a like, hat. he's like sitting at lunch one day i was like oh she looks cute yeah i like that i'm gonna write a song about it yeah that's it it's crazy go for it i love that <clears throat> oh, such a good song i like i i did not even like I guess, like I said, I've never really like super, like dug into like that particular album all that much, so I like didn't even know. I like I guess in my head, Raspberry Beret was always just on my like Prince Greatest Hits album <laughs> that I like wore out when yeah. I was a kid. You know? Yeah, I mean the hits from this album were kind of standalone yeah. because I think even I mean it, it sold um, it sold seven million copies. Yeah. It debuted at number one. It's not like it. it it's was, not like it was a flop. Yeah, like it didn't do well. Yeah, yeah. but. I think it was definitely a departure. It wasn't really a pop record. Like there was a couple pop songs mm-hmm. on there, but I mean, you heard from the first re- the first track on the album. It's sort of it's a pretty, weird. It's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy when you think <clears throat> about like comparing like an album selling se- seven seven million copies to like its predecessor, which sold you know like twenty million. Yeah. And like how even like like you, uh, is it possible for them to still like oh that did well? Or are you gonna sit there and be like yeah you know. Eh. 
was okay. I mean, considering they did minimal publicity, he yeah. didn't really tour, you know, tour, promote yeah. it. I mean, and it was, it wasn't even something he was trying to get on the radio. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like pretty much after that, I mean, like he had, you know, maybe a couple more kind of like really big, big records. But yeah. for the most part, I think he he liked his stuff to just kind of fly under like the general radar. Yeah, he definitely, that kind of marked the beginning of him doing a lot more experimental and weird stuff. I mean, he still put out pop albums and yeah. did, you know, I think he went in phases like mm-hmm. a lot of artists do, where he was like, okay, now I'm going to do something weird and experimental. Yeah, and then does that and then release a pop of the album. Times and yeah. Then, you know, all, yeah. And then does like the symbol album. And yeah. I mean, then, you know, he did Cream like after that, which is like <laughs> such so, a pop song. Yeah. It was like, oh. it was actually one of his biggest hits. Really? Yeah. Like chart wise, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so it was very like the whole record was very psychedelic, and the album's artwork was very psychedelic, and people said that it reminded them of Beatles' um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club album, um, which actually a reviewer from the New York Times compared the whole record to a Beatles like psychedelic album. And if you can look up the the album cover, it doesn't it feature right prints on it. Um, it does kind of look like it. It does a bit, right? Yeah. It also reminds me of like a David Hockney uh, painting yeah, for some does. reason. Also, this is this like this dude who looks like Donald Trump. Oh my God, he does look like Donald Trump. But it's like, isn't that the in that, a cloud that, suit, that, like, the cloud suit from the from the Raspberry Pi video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is like Donald Trump. <laughs> so weird. That's funny. Um, so he said in an interview. Uh, the influence wasn't the Beatles, okay? <laughs> they were great for what they did, but I don't know how that would hang today. The cover art came about because I thought people were tired of looking at me. Who mm-hmm. wants another picture of him? Mm-hmm. I would only want so many pictures of my woman, then I would want the real thing. What would be a little more happening than just another picture would be if there was some way I could materialize in people's cribs when they play the record. (laughs) I don't mind the album being called Psychedelic because that was the only period in recent history that delivered songs and colors. Led Zeppelin, for example, would make you feel differently on each song. That's like such like a Jaden Smith answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what would be cool is if I could materialize in people's cribs. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. So, yeah, one of the more, like, psychedelic, um, well, this song is very, like, remind reminds me of, like, 60s mm-hmm. sort of sentiment. Um, it's called America. Still very much an 80s aesthetic, but yeah. there's something kind of 60s about the content.
So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, there's something there's something very relevant about it, too. I wanted to actually just read, like, some of the lyrics. Aristocrats on a mountain climb, making money, losing time. Communism is just a word, but if the government turn over, it'll be the only word that's heard. Little sister making minimum wage, living in a one-room jungle monkey cage. Can't get over, she's almost dead. She may not be in the black, but she's happy she ain't in the red. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, it's sort of like a criticism on uh, America, which, you know. Who doesn't love? I saw no. I saw no. Uh, no. No, I lie see no there. lies. I see no lies. I saw no. I heard no lies. None at all. Um. Wow. I need to. I mean, it's it's so funny when you think. I mean, there's just so much. Like we said earlier, he's just got so much music. Like it's. I feel like it's it's it'll it'll be a a constant study in my life of just yeah like, endless. Picking so and and the, to the crazier point and something that like is kind of the most endlessly frustrating thing about Prince is like his in, like his sort of aversion towards like digital media just because he's he's robbing gener oh like we're robbing generations of well of it's all people. on iTunes now well not all of it that's true not all of it yeah um because there's a like the record that I have that, that I'm talking about today is definitely not oh it's on not there. on there no. Probably mm-hmm. because it wasn't a Warner Brothers album. Yeah. It was like so one like of his own self-released things. It was, I think he released it on Sony. Really? Maybe through distribution. Could be. It's yeah. it's weird. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, his shit's all over the place. It's it's he's got so much more. And like, thankfully now that like you said, like since it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify. There's a lot on there now. Um, that like people will be able to it, it's preserved because like that's kind of one of the sad the sad things about like Aaliyah for example like, oh yeah her shit is nowhere to be and found that, like, it's that's, ridiculous it's ridiculous because like at, for like what's the point really like as a musician like your your music should should want to out, out live you yeah and um I I I don't for a second think that that she would want that absolutely not you know no not way. for a second but anyhow <clears throat> um. So, um, the other hit single from there that was like, you know, a top 10 hit from the album, one of my favorite Prince songs ever, Pop Life. Yes. This track. And one of the things that's so crazy about this song is that the verse melody and the lyric and the chorus melody are pretty much the same. The same thing. It doesn't modulate. No. And that was something that Prince did a lot. But somehow the chorus feels bigger. Mm-hmm. No, the melody stays in the same pocket. I think... I feel like it's pretty much like in the... Like the Just got that bomb. 
Ah, yeah. So good. My it's favorite just... lyric in that song is, um, what you putting in your nose. Is that where all your money goes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a great song. I yeah. mean, and I think I really think that like it like like you were kind of what you were talking about as the song was starting with it's just sort of like uh with the pacing and like the space in the song. I think that's just kind of like because the message is so like it's it's pretty direct, you know, mm. and like it's it's just powerful in in its minimalism, and that it yeah. like never really tries to do too much. Yeah, yeah, it's just pretty straightforward. Yeah, um, and it's just like that great, just like yeah, and I love how the vocals really weirdly produce like it's pan stereo. Yeah, one of the sides is delayed, and it mm-hmm. really throws you off, yeah. but it kind of draws you in in a way. Such a good song. Great song. Oh, um, yeah. One of the B sides, so the they don't do B sides anymore, no. which is such a bummer. But um, the B side for it was actually the B side in both singles. Um, the last two. What? Because you played three songs. Yeah, um, it was the on, on Raspberry Bray, Bray and, and Pop, Pop Life. Life. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so normally the B side is just the B side, but this actually was a hit. It was a radio hit. Yeah. Um, it's called "She's Always in My Hair." I don't know what it reminds me of that En Vogue song. What's a gonna be? Cause I can't pretend. No, but I wanna leave. Oh, the bad. Oh, my God, I know my God. To me, the best version of that song is D'Angelo did a cover of it, and it's so good. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey. D'Angelo came in with the quickness there. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yes, mumble those lyrics. Just Get like into bury that, that shit. Yeah, bury yourself into <laughs> uh, that. That stanky ickiness. Uh, that's just that one. Uh, man. So good. It's hard to improve upon it's a Prince song. It's actually virtually impossible. Yeah, it's virtually impossible, but he somehow just like, you're just like, man, I think he got you. I yeah, think he got you, Prince. He did. Shit, he really pulled it out on that one. He did. Damn. Um, 
Don't you get? Don't be getting any ideas, D'Angelo, with like any of this death shit. Just oh, none of that stuff. Don't Can't even do it. Don't think even about say it. it. Don't even <sighs> say it. Um, I wanted to read just a couple of the reviews that came out around this album because they're kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the New York Times one was pretty. Um, favorable mm-hmm. so for the most part but critic there was criticism nonetheless um this is written by robert palmer in the new york times in 1985 in fact prince's new album might more accurately have been titled around great 60s rock in a day it is redolent of 60s rock or at least of 60s rock myths in many ways from the cover art which recalls the beatles yellow submarine cartoon feature to the lyrics the musical stylings and the vocals Prince sings like a deadpan David Bowie on one song, recalls Little Richard and his 60s disciples on the next, briefly suggests John Lennon and, a lead, and leads a triumphant gospel sing-along before taking the album out in style with a furious electric guitar solo that positively soars like the work of a young, brash Jimi Hendrix. Mm. Prince is risking charges of imitating an excessive eclecticism by deliberately invoking so many icons of 60s rock. Okay. Okay. It's weird, like, having the perspective of yeah. time. Yeah. And, like, listening to it and then, like, and, like huh. and how it was, like, perceived. Yeah. Um, and then the Rolling Stone article was kind of hateful. Really? Yeah. They didn't like it? Um, or was would, it just, like, shady? It was just kind of shady. And yeah. this is what, well, this is one of the segments. For all I know, Around the World in a Day may represent the afterglow following the commercial orgasm of Purple Rain. Or it may suggest that Prince's long obsession long obsession with SEX is beginning to make way for other concerns. We'll doubtlessly be hearing... What? <laughs> this is, like, weirdly edited. You're like, I don't... I'm not buying it. Let me get... Let me, let me backtrack. For all I know, Around the World in a Day may represent the afterglow following the commercial orgasm of Purple Rain, or it may suggest that Prince's long obsession with SEX is beginning to make way for other concerns. We'll doubtless be hearing that in getting away from that adolescent hump-a-hump stuff, Prince has grown up. Maybe it's my hormones, but to me, Around the World is, if anything, more childish-sounding than any of its predecessors. Prince has traded what he does known... No, for wide-eyed, goofy, philosophizing Mm -hmm. that can be ugly, as with the wacko anti-communism of America. I'm not going to... I'm not going along if Prince drifts off with Earth, Wind, and Fire and Stevie Wonder into a grit-free, never-ending land. But at that moment, he's still odd enough to be fascinating. That was such... Like, so convoluted and shady. Well... I mean, you said a lot of words to say very little. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that was a lot of talking around. Wow, that's a weird review. Yeah, and then Prince actually kind of talked about the criticism. Um, what did he say? Oh. Yeah, Prince talked about the criticism. Um, he said, "I talked to George Clinton, a man who knows and has done as much for funk." Prince told Rolling Stone, George told me how much he liked Around the World in a Day. You know how much more his words mean than those from some mamma wearing glasses and an alligator shirt behind a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
That is an alligator shirt. So good. Um, <sighs> so just to wrap up, here's a, a like a little sprinkling of. Um, well, this is my other favorite song from the album called Tambourine, which is like one of my favorite like obscure Prince songs. And it's so weird. And it's called Tambourine. But I feel like he's trolling everybody because it sounds so much like he's saying trampoline the whole time. <laughs> so listen to okay. that. I mean, he would troll. He, he, he would was do a it. troll. He, he was, was a rich troll. troll. He was a rich troll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just <laughs> petty. Trembling. Trembling. Yeah, it's like trembling or tromboling. Maybe he like was like he was just having he was I don't know. Didn't realize he was saying it the wrong way the entire time. It's like people saying Chipotle. (laughs) 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 And he's like, man, shit, we already laid the vocal. I love Chipotle. (laughs) He's like, we already laid the vocal. I'm not re-recording that. Oh my god, so good. Like, hey Prince, yeah, you know trombolene isn't a word, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um Oh, that's great. So here's a one one clip also to wrap up of um two things I wanna wrap up with is uh this little another uh little bit of interview from the revolution. I think if it was given the proper timing, it would have probably been received not better. I think, you know, people still look at it, but it just it just got kind of didn't come out of the gate right. Kind of lost. There was a consistent fight with his label about him oversaturating the market constantly. Yeah. It's too yeah. much Prince. It's too much. James Brown put out a record a month, you know, so it was like it's always... It's like he, he just, it didn't matter to him. Yeah. The, the thing about Prince, that, that since I started so early with him, is the hairstyle would change the whole thing. And he... he <laughs> He was already moving into the hairstyle for Raspberry Beret. He hated his hair on Around the World that day. So the whole thing was that album was done, and you know he wanted to play more and more of that. That's when he started to pump. Mm-hmm. You know, and that translated to the marketing campaign, which was they'll find <laughs> it. You know, it was just going to appear. I'm not going to do any videos or any singles. And he really thought that you know that that people would be done with Purple Rain. But as we know now, they're not done with promoting. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so during the um, during the tour for Purple Rain, he performed this live version of um, Pop Life in Detroit. This is on his twenty eighth birthday. It's so crazy to think that he was 28. still so young. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
such a like little up tempo version yeah. of it. Yeah, it is. It's like way like really like celebratory. Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. it has a different energy to it. Completely. I really, I do love that song. It's a great. It's song. It's one of those ones that I like, kind of forget about, and then like when I do hear it again, I'm always just like, God. Like it's still just it's still just one of those ones that you just like kind of just have to close your eyes and, and bop along to when you hear it. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, cool. So yeah, around the world in a day. Around the world in a day. Yeah. If you're not listening to it, go listen to it. That that one is on Apple Music it's on, and Spotify. <clears throat> yeah, it's on all the things. On all the things. Uh, the one that I'm talking about today is not on all the things. I actually had to like. That's so crazy. I know. I like dug into like my like. Like the bowels of like a old um, yeah the CD hard drive. I have the CD which I had transferred into a hard drive that was in the back of my closet that I That's like so weird. pulled out because I and that CD find it came anymore. in like a paper slip. It came in a paper it? slip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it also was like I, I pulled this one out because this is oddly like one of my favorite Prince albums because um, I kind of weirdly got like really into Prince like the year that this came like before the year leading up to this album coming out and then I remember when I like was like I was the only person I knew that liked Prince besides like my mom and my dad. So um I was like really What kind of bozos were you hanging out? I know with? what's really funny is, you know, like um later on down the road I realized I had a lot of friends that liked Prince. It wasn't a thing that was like my friend Alana, for example. Um she is a huge Prince fan as well and I didn't know that until like probably that year as well. So I just thought I had been like harboring this like this deep, profound love for this person that, like, I did, like, I couldn't share with anybody. It's kind of like me and Cheers, you know. That was <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do love Cheers. I, do, I watched all deep, 11, 11 seasons of Cheers last year uh, for no real particular reason. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyways, so um, I wanted to do this one because there's a lot of really great tracks on it. It's also um, it's a great album. It's a great album. It was one of his most successful albums in, uh, I think the. Sign of the Times was like the only album like beforehand that had gotten into like the top ten. Mm. This was a top three hit for him. He won two Grammys. Um, it was like a return to like a classic Prince sound. Mm. Um, the one thing that like I appreciate the most about it is that it's really kind of like a really, it's a it's a beautiful sort of like cross section of all the different versions of Prince that mm. that we've gotten. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like it. <clears throat> so I guess I can start with the, the title track because yes. it is actually a really good one. Uh. I love this video. It's so good. Heard about 49, just needs to Harlem. Dougie gonna be there, but you got to call him. Even the soldiers need a break sometime. Listen to the groove, y'all. Let it unwind your mind. No intoxication, unless you see what I see. Dancing hot and sweaty, right in front of me. Right in front of me. Oh, call it what you like. I'm a calling high beat. This is just another one of God's key. Musicology. Oh my god, I have not listened to this in too long. It's so good. Yeah, so that's musicology. That's the. Oh. 
Anyways, uh, yeah. Such a bop. It's such a such good a one. Such a funky bop. Um, so, like, this was, like I said, um, ended up, this was the 28th album, um, was released in the, the summer of, or the spring of 2004. Um, it was actually one of the first albums that he, like, kind of recorded outside of Minneapolis. Um, oh, he really? recorded some tracks in here. It's actually, like, a bunch of the songs um, were kind of recorded through the mid through the mid nineties through to 2004, like one of the tracks that was on here, um, <clears throat> which was cinnamon girl, I believe was actually like recorded, um, in 1995. Uh, and that ended up sense. being kind of just poured into this one because like I said, this is like, it really is just like kind of like cherry picking these different, like yeah. sounds from Prince, uh, throughout that, the, I think really throughout the nineties and the, like that kind of when he got, like when he was really more like Prince Prince. Yeah. Um, so, uh, musicology in general, like his whole kind of, uh, perspective on what that album was, was just really, he said kind of, he wanted it to be like, to provide like musical education to his audience, his audience, which if you think about it in the, in the sense that he really kind of covered his like, uh, uh, rock and roll, blues, doo-wop, kind of R&B, um, funk, all these different kind of sounds Mm -hmm. in this album. Uh, and it really is kind of just a, a really great kind of examination of of, of music. Um, I actually want to play um, this bit of an interview because uh, subject matter wise, the album kind of covered a lot. Like obviously, this was like in the the you know early two thousand. So like this was rock war. this was when yeah this early rock war. This is shortly after. I mean, obviously nine eleven. Um, there is. Um, and then also like Prince personally, like he had, you know, obviously kind of converted into you know, Jehovah's Witnessism. Is that is that how you say that? Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnessism. Witnessism. I don't know. Jehovah Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witness Whitneyanity. Whitney- Jeho- <laughs> Jehovah's Whitneyanity. Whitneyanity. I like that. <laughs> uh, so he converted to Jehovah's Whitneyanity, <laughs> and so you know he was like you know also kind of living that you know clean and sober life at this point in time. So. Um, and then, um, he was very, um, you know, the album had kind of touched on sort of more traditional ideas of love. Um, there's a lot of songs about marriage on Mm. here. He like referenced that quite a bit. Um, also just, you know, love, uh, politics, social kind of causes, uh, race is a big kind of component to this album as well. Um, there's an interview that he did, um, with, um, What's her? Is it Robin something something that was on the early show? What's her name? Oh, the lesbian. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Yeah, What's her name? Great. Um, Robin something. Robin. Yeah, Robin. Robin. Yeah. Robin. Okay. So here's a clip of of him talking about kind of um, the album and its subject matter. This album, in particular, um, one song, "Cinnamon Girl," looks at exploitation, and I just want to go over the lyrics for a moment. You say, "Cinnamon Girl of mixed heritage." never knew the meaning of color lines. 9-11 turned that around when she got accused of this crime. So began the mass illusion, war on terror alibi. What's the use when the god of confusion keeps on telling the same lie? Why is that important for you to address some of the issues that we're facing today? Well, it seems to be the age-old problem of prejudice and misunderstanding between so-called races. I mean, I wrote a song once about a large ball, <laughs> black on one races. side and white on the other. And if you have a person about this big only seeing that one side, that's the way they think the world is. And unfortunately, in war, there's children dying on both sides. 
uh, a child dying is a child dying. I mean, we really need to look at this and think seriously about what we're doing here. So, you know, like, uh, it's particularly poignant in, you know, like, the current climate with continued kind of... Uh, that that message still, you know, is is very relevant, and I think that he was he was very aware of kind of like race and, and racial politicking and and how how that affects society and the people that are in it. So like the song that he was referencing, "Cinnamon Girl," which was like actually the the second single uh, from actually I don't know if it's the second or the first album uh, single from the album, but it's it's oddly enough like not my favorite song on the album, but it's still a really beautiful song. Yeah, I like the song. Yeah. It is very 90s, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense that he wrote it in 95. Springsteen song that is like got the boss written all over it. Yeah, for sure. I guess. So, which is really bizarre. Yeah, not to knock <laughs> not the to knock boss at boss all. Is the boss. He's for, amazing. He's, he's, they call him the boss for yeah. a reason. Yeah, no, that does sound like a Springsteen song for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so like I said, it's it's uh, it's a great song. Message wise, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. It's uh, it, it just wasn't my favorite song on the album. Um, it's like, not really like it doesn't sound like a lot of other Prince. Songs. No, it doesn't. But it, like I said, to the, I think to his point, like he wanted it to be like a really kind of exhaustive album of like different types of like genres in general. So um, mm. like that definitely covered his like classic rock uh, check for sure. Um, so like reviews wise, however, I mean it was. Obviously, the album was really successful. Like I said, it was number three, sold, you know, millions, and he got, you know, he won two Grammys for it. But um, I think in general, people were, and it's an interesting uh, sort of uh, combination of of, of different uh, opinions that I, I read on it. A lot of it was like, um, they they couldn't really fault the music or the production. I think they just thought it was predictable. They're mm. just like, there's he's not pushing anything, which. Goes to, I mean, it's an interesting story to think, you know, like the it's his twenty eighth album, you know, like yeah, I mean, he was in his what, like he was in mid his 40s, to late forties, late forties, like forty six, I think, and yeah, he probably was. It was somewhat of like a an oral retrospective, yeah. if you will. Yeah, there was. So here's a really interesting. Um, a uh, bit from the the review from Pitchfork, and like I always take Pitchfork reviews I mean, with pitchfork. a grain of salt. It's Pitchfork. Um, pitchfork. <laughs> pitchfork. <laughs> um, but it was just interesting. So here's what they put: uh, the worst part is that Musicology is probably the best Prince album since at least the Symbol album from '92, and possibly since Sign of the Times. 
But that's misleading since the album isn't close to Signs League. It's also depressing to think that he hasn't made a great record in over 15 years. But don't take my word for it. Oh, I won't. Look at the window <laughs> and see if you're, any of your friends are jamming to this. Failing that, try your own experiences in your headphones. By either measure, despite a few good moments, I'm missing Prince now more than ever. What a very pitchfork review. What a review. very pitchfork review, you know? like. But the crazy thing is, you read the rest of this review, and like the thing is, he's saying like not a single bad thing about it. He's just like, well, you know, it's good, but it's not that good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they could just cut and paste that to, into pretty much any, anybody, any um, pitchfork review. Pretty much. <laughs> He's like, when do, where do I have like my? I'm looking for my folder of slight digs. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I've got like my shop, subtle shade like templates already out. Um, so I want to play next um, what is probably my favorite song on this album, uh, which was also the song which he won a Grammy for. Oh my god. Yes! Hey! Call my name. Call it. Call my name. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Heard a voice this morning. Calling now my name. Hey. That it didn't really like sound quite the same, no. But it let me know that my name had never really been spoken before. Before the day I carried you through the bridal path door. <laughs> there you go, man. And ever since the day I haven't wanted one but I mean, like, how, you know can, how it, can you listen to that song and, and write not get that a moist bullshit? Panty. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, an entire nation's like basements were flooded. Like, as soon as like that. I mean, it's such a good song. So yeah. when I when I read that like Pitchfork review, and I'm like, how can you like? This I mean, is, like, you know where your you know where you, what your first mistake was is that you read a Pitchfork that review. That is true. That is true. I signed um, myself up for that one. <laughs> Absolutely. But that song um, is one of my favorite Prince so songs. It's so good. It's just it's. A flawless song. It's just beautiful. But it's, you know what? Like, is crazy to me. That song is so heavily influenced by D'Angelo. Yeah. Which is so weird, considering how yeah, D'Angelo was so influenced by, by Prince. Prince. Yeah. It really is. Which is such a beautiful it's thing. It's such a beautiful like. Yeah. I mean, don't you hear D'Angelo? No, absolutely. I would love. I would love if D'Angelo were to play that song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone else would be able to do it justice. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think that. Like I said, that song to me is... Uh, that was my karaoke jam, BT Dubs. Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In like 2004. Oh, uh, man. I was. It's really funny because I 
like the reason why I was like uh, um probably like a, a few weeks few weeks back I was at karaoke and I saw that and I was just like you saw that I, song I saw that song I was like I've never done this on karaoke before like I need to do this yeah that was my karaoke that is jam. like a that is a rock solid because it's like an easier song for like I mean yeah it's an entry level karaoke song in the sense of like you can really show up and show out if you want to yeah um but you don't have to it's not like a it's, celine dion yeah, you're belting not like, number yeah no there's room to move there's room yeah, to play yeah um no i love that song <laughs> it's so good i'd say that you know like it was like i said earlier like his most one of his most popular albums since like sign of the times i think diamonds and pearls was the last record that went that broke the top five before oh this one. also didn't when that mr pitchfork or whatever he excluded diamonds and pearls yeah See, that's the thing. I mean... It's somebody who doesn't know Prince that was commenting on Prince. Yeah, I feel like you didn't that's really... That's what it was. Yeah, he didn't, like, take a seat, Pitchfork. Yeah. Um, so it was also crazy. You know, he toured this album pretty extensively as well. He was on tour for, like, yeah. eight months or so. Um, he actually was giving out copies of... the When you bought a ticket to the album, to this, to the tour, you got this album for free along with it, and it's, like, little paper sleeve. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, it was cute. They also did like an LA Times giveaway too. Did they? Yeah, where you like the LA Times gave away like I don't know a ton, a ton of, of them. Copies. That's yeah. crazy. Um, let's get into some more music because, like I said, I love this album and there's a handful of really good ones. I'm gonna play um, this one again. Is like kind of a really classic. I'd say more early '80s like Prince sound. Um, I believe it was like probably recorded in the early 2000s. Oh yeah. Man in your life. Hey. Mm. I make you happen. Treat you right. Find you ah. flowers every single night. Give you power. I do whatever you say. Remember that your man said he do you wrong. And you're so man, you think that you're the one behind the song. Sure, you know he got plenty lyrics, yeah, up his sleeve. And after he got what he wanted, he just go up and leave. Sunday chopping on the roof right after his game. He liked the Lakers, but the Sixers on when he came. <laughs> now you best believe the party's cracking. You get played, girl, better get your back on. Do unto others as they do unto you. Anyways, what that's a uh, that's such a Prince song. It is such yeah. a Prince song. Yeah, so that's like I said, that's more of his like classic Prince sound. Um, oh gosh, oh this one here too. Um, yes, such a weird, such a weird production. Weird production. It sounds very sign of the times. Mm -hmm. These drum sounds. Yeah. <laughs> So smooth. <laughs> I don't know why it's like giving me very like cam. I'm imi I'm imagining somebody doing a lot of like soft shoe like tap dancing around. Something. Shame on you, baby. 
You know, like a lot of Such songs. Such a weird song. A lot of songs about like married life. Like this is a very like grown and sexy album. You know, yeah. like it's just like every other song is like about him being like a settled man and like so bizarre. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. Um, he's um, anyways. So musicology uh, in in general, like I said, there's there's a lot of really good songs on here. Uh, it was a really successful album for the most part. There's a, a good kind of cross-section of 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 sounds of so, oh um so yeah i mean that is that's musicology um, like like i said it's it's one that you kind of have to go get a copy of because it's not available but that's kind of what's great about it because like prince has so much music that yeah. like is now available online which is great but the the more amazing thing is that there's so much more to like download or like or buy oh i have folders of folders unreleased, of unreleased stuff. print yeah. stuff that i've gotten from like producers and engineers that mm-hmm. have s- somehow acquired it yeah i'll have to send you it no no <laughs> you sent me oh i did yeah i think i have even more yeah you do because yeah. i will definitely like all like the sort of like just like raw feeds some of the demos, demos and, and just yeah god he's just he was so prolific and just i don't know he um also there's another great song on here that's a really funny story because it took me a while to kind of figure out what it's about it's called illusion coma pimpin circumstance oh yeah and it's really about this a drunk white girl who doesn't know how to dance that's what wow. the whole song is about so let's uh let's play a little bit of it so we hipped that to the funk in exchange for the finance who's pimpin who Nobody gets a second chance. <laughs> this is the story of illusion coma. Pimp and circumstance. Hey. She was older, but This 90s, like Keith Sweat, New Jack Swing yeah. moment. <laughs> I feel like somebody's gonna be doing like a lot of this. Remember the time. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, it is. She laced him with a crib in Paris. She's providing chips and whips. We can do this funky thing. Uh-huh. As long as she was playing the host. <laughs> so weird. It's a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, so Musicology, 2004. Get into it. Go find it on Amazon or eBay or at your <laughs> local record store. Hopefully they'll have it. Um, cause it's, or it's, just like steal it on Pirate Bay because yeah, I'm not um, advocating for it. But like, if that's what you have to do, go for it. Cause I've, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, find it, because, I mean, it's, that's an awful thing to say. It's like, I was going to say, it's not like he's getting paid for it. Well, that's what, yeah. <laughs> um, his estate, I guess, is, but whatever. Um, anyways, so, Prince, we miss you. We love you. you, Prince. Uncle Prince. Uncle Prince. Um, so, yeah, well, thanks for listening to another, <laughs> another crazy episode. Another crazy episode of this shit. Um, um, yeah, please rate and subscribe and tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your cousin, tell your uncle, tell your mm-hmm. sister, tell your friend, uh, yeah. tell your tell other friend. who we are and where we are. You um, can find us on Twitter at Context of Sound. And you can also email us if you have any suggestions or questions or just generally want to say what's up at contextofsound at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to try and like, 
you know, be more present <laughs> in these episodes, maybe. Kind of in the sense of like doing them again. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, we know, do them when we, we can. Do when we can. You know, it's like see, smoke yeah. them if you got them. Exactly. That's that's all we do. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want to overwhelm you. We also want to leave you guys a little bit thirsty. So, um, yeah, that's it. So um, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. Stay purple, everybody. Stay purple. You're going to play a closing oh song? Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought, for some reason, I thought you were like all like prepped for it. Um, no, I was kind of thinking about getting, but I, I'm not connected. Oh, yeah. So let me do that then. Oh, my God. Is this, a, is this live at Paisley Park with Miles Davis? Um. Is this the I think this is the one. I'm trying to make sure this is the one. No, this is not the one with him and Miles Davis. It's not loud enough. like really beautiful like white fur yes god he's so extra so extra not that you're helpless Thanks, Prince. Thank you, Prince. We Uncle love you. Prince. <laughs> 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 